Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Hey, just FYI, this episode has unbeeped curse words, so you may not want to listen with your kids around. Or maybe you do. No judgment. Okay, here's the show. Last month, I was sitting in our studio here in New York, and our engineer offered to do something new for me. She said that since our interview guest was coming to our other studio, which is in LA, we could connect by video. Normally, I would only hear the person in my headphones. And I was like, yeah, cool, let's try it. But then, after the guest sat down and I saw her face on the screen, I was like, wait, was this a good idea? I was having flashbacks to the first time I saw her. A geek. Got a problem? Uh, no. I was, I was just looking at a friend of mine. The person on my monitor was Kim Kelly, or I mean, Busy Phillips. Here she is playing Kim Kelly on Freaks and Geeks in 1999, opposite a pubescent John Francis Daly. Are you telling me that I look like a friend of yours? Hey, Kim. I think he likes you. <sighs> is that true? Do you like me? Do you love me? I I like you like a friend. I don't think so. I think you like me like me. I think you want to kiss me. Do you want to kiss me? I, I don't know. Come on. Just one little kiss. Be your girlfriend. <laughs> your dreams, geek. <laughs> Yikes, right? I mean, I know Kim Kelly is just a character. And over the last two decades, Busy has played lots of different characters. Audrey on Dawson's Creek, Dr. Bobek on ER, Lori on Cougar Town. Busy has even played her quick-witted and sharp but vulnerable self on her own talk show, Busy Tonight. But I think because Freaks and Geeks was the first thing I ever saw her in, and because she was such a convincing bully, when I saw Busy on the monitor, I was like, I am talking to Kim Kelly and I am pissing her off. Like at any moment she might say, Oh yeah? Well, after school, I'm going to hit on you. See you then. Bye. Which is so funny because when I listened back to the interview later, I realized Busy was super warm. She was engaged. We were connecting. I really loved your book, This Will Only Hurt a Little. And something I learned when I was reading it is that we have some big things in common. Um, We both had babies facing up in the womb. (laughs) We both had our water broken with that crochet hook thingy. The crochet hook is the scariest thing of all time. (laughs) I know. Why doesn't anyone tell you about that? And then we both had an episiotomy. Yay. And this is the big shocker. We got married on the exact same day. What? Yeah. June 16th, 2007. That's correct. That's weird. Where? Where did you get married? In Connecticut. Okay. What was the weather like where you were? Beautiful. 
It was hailing a gale the size of (laughs) golf balls. in Connecticut that day. Oh my God. The weather was so beautiful here. It was like the most beautiful day. It was perfect. Fine. So some of the details were different. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. Today, Busy Phillips will talk about some of the most common postpartum experiences, things that lots of you have gone through. Body changes, depression, inequity with your partner. But Busy went through all of that in Hollywood. We're just working means you've got to keep up appearances. It's about looking good, looking happy. Busy has always tried to be a real person in that fake universe. And you'll hear she's played by the rules when she's had to, but she's also found ways to make those rules work for her. Busy landed the Freaks and Geeks job when she was 19 years old. Soon after the show premiered, she read a review that said something like, you won't find polished, pretty people here. These are real kids. Busy was a little insulted. She was happy with how she looked. But she found out the star of the show, Linda Cardellini, was on Jenny Craig. And she thought, maybe she should start a diet too. When Freaks and Geeks creator Paul Feig heard that the two of them were dieting, he came to talk to them one morning. Busy says it was an awkward conversation, but he told them, essentially, do not starve yourselves for this TV show. These were supposed to be like real teenage kids, and they didn't want us to ever feel some sort of pressure to change our bodies or that that was a message that was being given to us by anyone. And so I have no idea if the network ever had a note. (laughs) about my hips. It's possible um, on that show, but it never got to me. You've also faced a lot of discrimination and rude comments about your body throughout the years. And if you don't mind, I want to walk through some examples. Well, sure. Why wouldn't we? Cool. (laughs) So uh, I want to start with an example. Before you had kids, can you talk about what the costume lady said when she was dressing you for Dawson's Creek? That was really... My first experience in really feeling body shame in this industry, she would make just comments, you know, um, a lot about the other girls on the show's bodies to me so that I would know that, like, that was more what we should be going for. (laughs) That was the... That was what I should be striving for, talking about how much Katie Holmes was working out and how great her body looked and did I have a gym membership. (laughs) And, like, you know, really, it was really, yeah, really difficult. Then a makeup artist on Dawson's told Busy that the network and producers didn't like all her moles. They'd have to figure out how to cover them up. Busy had never thought of her moles as a problem, but she knew she'd have to agree that they were because her job was at stake. Busy says she's learned that no matter how you feel about your body when you arrive at a job, the wardrobe people can change that mood in an instant. I've showed up on jobs before, and the clothes are all too small. And to me, that's like, that's a willful act of aggression. You know, mm-hmm. that's like, well, okay. I mean, squeeze your <laughs> squeeze yourself in. Um, 
they get your sizes ahead of time. You have your you've been measured and like your agents have your sizes and when you book a job they get passed to the costume designer. And 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 oh my god, it's so crazy. I just had this uh thought. The last time it happened to me was years and years and years ago. Um Oh my gosh. I was really thin. I had just gotten married and um you know, your wedding weight, all that, blah blah. Um when I got married, I was super thin. When, when we Anna, got married. When we got married. When you and I got married, <laughs> I was very thin. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, I was underweight. And then I gained a little bit of weight back, but I, it was still really, I was, like, wearing, like, a size four. And, four. Like, a size, that's, a small, that's a small person. That was very small. And I'm 5'8". You know what I mean? And I had booked this, like, guest spot on a show. And... I went in, and the woman only had size zero. Zero what? for me. Only had size zero. And was acting as if, like, oh, well, I don't, I mean, I guess, and, like, talking to the assistant, I guess we're going to have to just go shopping today and pull stuff. <laughs> and making me feel like, you know, and you're, you're, if you're a guest star, you're, you know, at the mercy of these people. And I was feeling so terrible that I literally, I just remembered this. I lied I was like, oh, yeah, I've gained weight. I thought maybe I was pregnant, but I wasn't. Like, I swear to God, I lied because I wanted to, like, excuse my body to this woman. And Jesus, how terrible. That's crazy. Crazy. And uh, she's like, oh, are you trying to get pregnant? I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I think we're going to because I just, (laughs) I mean, but what? Later that year, Busy did get pregnant. And to her surprise, she actually booked a job in her eighth month on the TV series Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. And uh, a friend of mine, Josh Friedman, was the showrunner, had created the show. And he liked the idea of having like a very maternal, very pregnant woman opposite Sarah Connor and asked me if I would be interested. Like, would you be down to being on television that pregnant? Because it was like... I was huge. Like, you know, bodies are wild, man. And I gained, well, I gained 100 pounds. But I got on set, and Josh really liked the idea of, like, my belly showing because he's like, how often do you ever get to see that on network television? Like, just, like, a full pregnant belly. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, if you're comfortable with it, I think it would be really cool. And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Let's do it. So they put me in this like kind of little crop top and a skirt that kind of went underneath my belly. And I got on the golf cart to go to set. Thomas Decker was in the cart too. He's the actor who played teenage John Connor. But he looked and he was like, oh my God, that's crazy. I mean, normally our prosthetic guys are really good, but that just looks insane. That doesn't look real at all. Talking about your belly. Talking about my belly, referencing my actual pregnant belly. And I was like, oh, oh, no, no, this is, I'm really pregnant. And he's like, what? No. Oh, my God. No. And he was so embarrassed. Uh, He probably had never seen, like, a giant eight-month pregnant belly in the raw. Busy shot her last scene for that show the week before she gave birth to her daughter, Birdie. And you heard what her... I mean, our childbirth experiences were like. So it's only logical that I went on my first audition 
one week after I gave birth. Busy's manager had called, said she knew the timing was probably insane, but Ryan Murphy has this new TV show. It's going to be going really quickly. There's singing involved, and I know you love to sing. It's called Glee. <laughs> Do you want to go in and sing for Ryan Murphy? And I'm like, I literally am 90 pounds overweight, and I and bleeding and lactating. But yeah, I think I should do that. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> like one week postpartum. Were you um, still like wearing the postpartum wearing diaper? Wearing a diaper. I was like wearing a diaper. <laughs> yes. Yes. My maternity jeans, a diaper. Busy saying sweet child of mine. She did not get the part. I, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. Except actually, she does. Obviously... As an actor who had been shamed about my body in the past or felt like, you know, I hadn't fit into a mold of what people, you know, expected of an actress to look like, um, I was panicked that I was never going to work again. As it turns out, Busy was right to worry. So a few months later... Birdie was probably only like three or four months old. I had an audition for a TV show that was picked up for 13 episodes. The show was Party Down, a comedy about wannabe actors working at a catering company. Busy was called in to read for the creator of the show and Adam Scott, who was the male lead. Both of these guys were new dads, so Busy felt like they'd get where she was coming from. I said it in the room. I was like, guys, I still need to lose weight. I know you're going to start shooting soon. I know this is like the romantic love interest. I had created like a whole backstory for why she was chubby and losing weight on the show, which was that she was an improv comedy girl from Chicago who like moves to LA and then realizes that she has to lose 40 pounds, which by the way, that was like a thing that I had seen many women go through when they move to L.A. from the Midwest. They're like, I'm on the main stage at Second City, and then they show up here, and they're like, oh, I guess I have to get a nose job and lose <laughs> 40 pounds. Um, so I thought it was like a very reasonable storyline uh, to bring in to the character. And the guys agreed with me, and they loved it, and they wanted me to do it, and I was their girl. And then I was in Birdie's nursery, breastfeeding her, and my phone rang, and it was my agent, Lori Bartlett. And I picked it up, and she said, Biz, the network um, just isn't isn't willing to go there with the weight. And I was like, well, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I'm so stupid for getting so fat. So dumb. You said that? Yeah. I wasn't thinking that the system was fucked. I was like, oh, no, this is on me. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Like, well, I know I know what the parameters of the job are, you know? But how is it your fault you, you like, grew a human? I'm not saying I think that now. I'm saying that in that moment, I was like, yeah, that's all, this all tracks. This tracks as far as, like, what we know to be true about this industry that we work in and how naive was I to think that, I would be able to somehow, that I was somehow, you know, going to be an exception to the rule. And then, of course, just the juxtaposition of, like, the guy who's going to be the main actor on the show, the guy who's show running the show, also had newborn baby girls. And 
they're allowed to like go do their work and and I'm at home like crying on my baby's head. Um it's it was it was a real dark moment for me. The show creator wrote Busy an email saying that she was still the entire production team's first choice. He just couldn't get the network on board. And if she could see the list of actresses that network wanted him to consider, she'd understand what he was dealing with. When we come back, Busy hits another roadblock in getting back to work. This time, it's coming from inside the house. Don't go away. Say advertisement. Advertisement. Good job. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at SeventhGeneration.com. We're back with Busy Phillips. And I want to tell you about the man she married on my wedding day. His name's Mark Silverstein. He's a screenwriter. Early on, he and Busy shared a love of American Idol and friends, and he loved hearing her loud laugh, especially in restaurants. The two of them threw a surprise wedding, like on their wedding guests. The ruse was their friends all thought they were throwing a surprise birthday party for Busy. And then I came in wearing like a giant Vera Wang wedding gown, like one of those like giant ones, <laughs> unmistakably bridal. <laughs> and uh, everyone yelled surprise. And then Mark and I yelled surprise back at them. We were getting married. <laughs> Busy and Mark wrote their vows together. And he even put them in final draft, a screenwriting program, so that Busy could read them like a script. But when Busy and Mark became parents, their relationship lost that conspiratorial magic. They fell into pretty typical heterosexual gender roles, like the ones we've talked about a lot in our Working Moms series. Mark would get a good night's sleep, then go off to work. And since Busy was unemployed, she wound up doing all things baby. She handled Birdie's morning routine, her middle-of-the-night routine, the feedings, the diaper changings. I felt responsible for all of it. Like, for even having the baby, because he wasn't particularly a man that, like, had deeply wanted children. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it was more, I wanted kids, and he was like, well, I love you, so, okay, I guess. When Birdie was two months old, Busy and Mark went to an engagement party— where something happened that threw their parenting roles into stark contrast. Busy wrote about it in her memoir. Here's an excerpt from her audiobook. Mark immediately left me when we got to the party, and when I found him smoking with Lizzie Kaplan and some guy friends of his, he was in the middle of saying, yeah, it's amazing. She's such a good baby, and really, our lives haven't changed at all. I almost threw up. His life hadn't changed. Sure, I was a fucking wreck. In case you're wondering why Busy didn't just go all Kim Kelly on Mark. Just don't, you know? Just just 
It's complicated. I was suffering from postpartum anxiety and depression, and I didn't want him to really help because I felt like he wasn't doing it right. Like, I was the only one that could take care of her, um, and everyone else was a fucking idiot, except the fact that I couldn't even, you know, I would have days where I couldn't even take care of her, and I would crumple in the parking lot of the grocery store when I couldn't figure out the fucking baby Bjorn, which is like the hardest (laughs) thing to figure out ever. On top of everything, Busy was underwater on a house she'd bought before she and Mark had moved in together. But I hit a point, I just was like, all all I need to do is just get a TV show so that I can get enough money so I can divorce him. And I was an actress that still needed to lose 40 pounds. Um, So then, yeah, like, how could I lose weight? I can't go to the gym. Like, where am I going to, what am I going to do? I don't have any help. I have no money. Like, I would put her in a stroller and, like, walk around our block. And that was the best I could hope for. Busy got stuck in this circular thinking. Must exercise, to lose weight, to get job, to get money, to get divorced. But she couldn't even find the time for step one without Mark pitching in. I can't remember what age she was when I basically like lost it and was like, I can't, I'm so tired. I can't do this. You have to let me sleep. And so then he, she was young though, like six six months or seven months. So then he was like, uh, well, how about like on Sundays? You can sleep in and I'll take her. And so it was like one day a week. And being able to sleep in was so incredible and luxurious. Busy got it together enough to audition for another show, Cougar Town, starring Courtney Cox. She wore two sets of Spanx and belted her green polka-dotted dress as tight as possible. And she landed the role. Lori Keller, the lovable airhead. Now, the internet is like a series of spider webs that connects us to each other. Oh, except that the webs are invisible. Oh, and the spiders are nerds. Busy promised the show she'd lose weight. But she says nobody on the Cougar Town staff ever made a big deal about it. The co-creator of the show is married to a woman who's an actor, who had three children, all while she was on television shows. And, you know, he really gets it from that perspective of that being his family. And, of course, Courtney Cox was our executive producer. And she, you know, there's nothing more important to her than family. Which just goes to show, in Hollywood, like in other industries, some employers understand that new moms can be great for business. And yay, because Busy was a fantastic Lori Keller. In my opinion, the most entertaining character on the show. Like in this scene at Trivia Night with Courtney Cox. I'm so glad I'm not playing that game. Look, some doctor named Benjamin Rush signed the Declaration of Independence? Hmm. The only two names I know are John Hancock and Richard Stans. John Hancock is a real person? I thought it was a sex act. Okay, so now that I feel so guilty, what charity do you think I should jump into? Do mine! It's called The Wonder of Reading, and we help raise funding to keep libraries in public schools. I went to a crap school in a crap neighborhood, and reading really got me out. Oh, really? (laughs) No, car modeling did. But it's really fun to say reading did. Through Cougar Town, Busy got pretty much everything she wanted. She became financially stable. She hired a nanny. She lost weight. She felt like maybe she didn't need to leave Mark after all. When Bertie was almost four, she told Mark 
she wanted a second kid. He was like, well, I'm not going to do anything. Like, you hire the help. You, like, take care of it. Sure, that's fine, I guess. Busy wasn't thrilled, but she agreed to Mark's conditions. She wanted to be pregnant within the next few months. That way, if everything worked out, she'd give birth during hiatus, and she wouldn't have to miss an episode. And Busy did get pregnant by her deadline with her second daughter, Cricket. As her belly grew, she kept up her end of the child-rearing bargain with Mark, which wasn't easy because Birdie was a bad sleeper, had been since she was born. Busy would stay in her room for hours trying to get her down. Even when I was pregnant, I was doing it, you know, and she was almost five. <laughs> you had to lay next to her. You had to scratch her back for two hours. You had to—I mean, it was a whole journey. And when Cricket was coming along— I said, like, look, I'm going to get a baby nurse because I have to go back to Cougar Town, but I can't continue this thing with Birdie every night. Like, it's going to kill me. Mark started doing Birdie's bedtime routine a few days a week, which took some of the pressure off. And I didn't gain 100 pounds. I gained—are you ready for this? Tell me. I gained 75 pounds. Wow. For some perspective here, doctors generally recommend an average of 25 to 35 pounds. And my doctor was like— this is just your body. Like, you just, hormonally, you just gain a lot of weight. Like, whatever it is, you just gain a lot of weight. I don't know what to tell you. But this time, Busy wasn't worried about the weight. Even though after she gave birth to Cricket, she knew she'd have to be on set taping in just four weeks. Our costumer, Heidi, was so incredible. And she was just like, you know, like, whatever. Cricket was like three weeks old. And I went in to do a wardrobe fitting so that they could just at least see my body and see what we were going to do. She was like, I mean, it's up to you. If you want to wear Spanx, I can like, we can sew together like a special Spanx that like, you know, <laughs> goes from there to there and you can get your boobs out. And Did you do it? Did you go for the special Spanx? I think so. Yeah. Oh, especially because like, you remember how like jiggly everything is? Yes. Yeah. Like you want, you want to be held in. The next week, Busy basically created her own bring your baby to work program. Cricket was with me the whole time. Like I would wear her, you know, she was with me while I would get my hair and makeup done. Then the baby nurse would take her up to my room, my dressing room. We turned into essentially a nursery. And like every three hours or whatever, when she was ready to eat, it weirdly just would work out that we would be turning around on set. And when you turn around, it means you change the position of the cameras to the other side. It's a whole relight situation. You basically get like 30 minutes, a 30-minute break as an actor. The crew's working. And that would be time for Cricket to breastfeed. And I would breastfeed her. And it almost always, always worked out. And the few times it didn't, I just like pulled kind of like a, I'm sorry, I got to go. and. Courtney Cox and, you know, the dudes on the show, no one was going to say anything. And the crew was all like, okay, like, I, you know, yes. <laughs> Busy's postpartum work life was about the best a mom could hope for. But at home, things were less ideal. Sure, Busy had all the hired help she needed, but that didn't make up for her resentment over Mark being a mostly hands-off dad. He was still doing Birdie's bedtime routine, but not much else. After a six-year run, Cougar Town ended. And a year and a half after that, Busy had hit a wall. Her relationship with Mark was broken. Here's how she describes it in her book. He didn't 
let me talk when we were out with friends, or worse, when it was just us, he didn't speak to me at all. I'd started to do a test when we were alone in the car together, where I wouldn't say anything until he did, just to see how long it would take him to talk to me. Some days we rode the whole way in silence. All those years of feeling so alone had started to add up. I just assumed that's what marriage was, two people being mildly miserable next to one another. Busy told Mark she wanted a divorce. Coming up, the surprising fallout of that request. Stay with us. Advertisements. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. We are back with Busy Phillips. When we left off, Busy had told Mark they were through. She was leaving him. He was shocked. And to her surprise, he said he wanted a chance to change. Mark got a therapist. Busy already had one of her own. They started going to couples therapy, too. And, like, he changed and made a huge effort and showed up um, for our girls. At the time, Birdie was eight and Cricket was three. Mark took over mornings with them, got the kids' backpacks ready, got them off to school. His executive functions and organization is much better than mine because I have ADD. Uh, And so he keeps track of school stuff, projects. You know, Birdie's in fifth grade. There's a lot. Um, That used to be my responsibility, too, which is why, like, you know, I would have lots of breakdowns when Birdie was an only child going to preschool, and it was like the day where everyone's supposed to wear pale pink, and she's not wearing pale pink, and I would feel like I was a failure. So he he wasn't participating early on. Were you asking early on? Because it sounds like once you really vocalized all of this, things turned around. I think I was passive-aggressively asking, you know? And I think that a lot of times, like... Like, I'm a person who, and I think a lot of women are people who, I'm always looking to see if anyone needs help. Like, I'm always looking out, like, does that lady want me to hold her baby so she can eat dinner? I literally said that to my friend last night when we were at a restaurant. He's like, I feel like that would be really weird if you asked. I was like, (laughs) I could ask, though. You don't know. Maybe maybe I could, and then I get to hold a baby. Um, And I think that's, I assume that a lot of times people aren't asking for what they need that they're just hoping someone else sees it and responds in kind. And I think that a lot of times, I know that Mark is this way, and I think that this can be like a male characteristic, that they expect that if you need something, you will ask. And that they're not going to presume that you need anything. And if they don't hear from you, they assume that everything is fine. And I think that that was truly how he was operating. And so the tiny things I did ask for He was like, sure. And I can't even remember now because it was so long ago, but like 
it's probable when we had this discussion 11 years ago when I was starting to lose my mind when Bertie was a baby, and he was like, well, what do you need? It's probable that I said, I, I, I just need to sleep in like one day a week, you know? Yeah. When that wasn't actually true. Like what I needed was more help than that. But I was afraid, I guess, of voicing what I needed. I don't know what the fear is, like, you know, that it wouldn't be met or that I would feel guilty about it. Um, probably those things. But uh, ultimately, when it got to the point where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I'm out. And he was like, well, what is it that you need? I, you know, I, I, like, I just didn't care anymore. So I was like, I need everything. I need you to do everything. Literally everything. I need you to go to Whole Foods. I need you to, like, grocery shop. I need you to figure out, like, what Birdie has, like, what she needs for school and, like, figure out how to get it. Like, I need you to do everything. Eventually, their division of labor felt more balanced. And Mark suggested that he take over mornings entirely to give Busy time to work out and get more rest which she needed because she was starting her own late-night talk show, Busy Tonight. Hi, it's Tuesday, and this show truly is just me and my friends. My buddy Topher Grace is here. Busy Tonight felt like a big slumber party where the guests were Busy's celebrity friends, and instead of pajamas, they wore flashy dresses and stylish blazers. They'd lounge together on a plush turquoise couch sharing embarrassing or intimate moments. Here's a period story from Kristen Bell. There's a childbirth story from Mindy Kaling. One night, Busy shared a secret of her own. I had an abortion when I was 15 years old. And I'm telling you this because I'm genuinely really scared for women and girls uh, all over this country. And I think that we all need to be talking more and sharing our stories more. So let's talk about the Met Gala. Is that, um, is that a hard left turn? Yeah, it is. Is it kind of jarring? Yes, it is also kind of jarring, but guess what? That's what being a woman is, having a regular Tuesday and then suddenly being reminded that people are trying to police your body and then you just have to go back to work. And for me, right now, for the next few weeks, work is talking about who wore what to the Met Gala. Busy Tonight was a show by design where Busy could do all the things she wasn't able to do early in her relationship or in her career. She could speak her mind when something was bothering her. She could wear whatever she wanted, which was sometimes a flowery silk dress she called Mr. Nightgown. She celebrated all kinds of parenting styles and advocated for people of all shapes and sizes to feel sexy in a bathing suit, even to show off their stretch marks. Do you know the best way to get a beach body? I do. What is that? Go to the beach in your f***ing body. <laughs> Go to the beach in your f***ing body. Sadly, the show got canceled earlier this year. While Busy figures out what's next, we still get to see her perform, thanks to Instagram. A few years ago, she became the breakout star of Instagram stories. It all started when she was posting little videos from her bedroom while she waited for Mark to finish Birdie's nighttime routine. These days, she has over 2 million followers. 
people tune in to see her working out, sweat absolutely pouring off her skin, or dancing in her car, waiting at a stoplight, or talking about the raccoons having sex on her balcony. But my favorite videos, the ones I tune in for, are the ones of Busy with her girls, which she says they have veto power over anything they're in. But she'll sometimes capture these moments with Cricket at bedtime. Little conversations that I think most of us would find too mundane to record. But then, after you've left your kid's room, you wish that you had. Have you ever been outside and gone camping and seen the stars? Like, looked up and seen the stars? No. No, you haven't? You've never been camping. Would you like to go camping? Yeah. (laughs) Would you? Sure. I'd like to go to... New Jersey. Japan. I was going to say Japan, but New Jersey is also definitely a choice. Sometimes, Busy posts videos of herself singing Cricket a lullaby. She says one of Cricket's favorites is a low-key version of Sweet Child of Mine, the same song Busy sang at her Glee audition, 90 pounds overweight, lactating and bleeding in her maternity jeans and postpartum diaper. I want to do one more thing with you before we go. So if you could take out your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the master of selfies, Busy Phillips, and I am terrified of selfies. Why? I don't know how to hold my face, so I want you to teach me. But can I tell you something? Some people's arms aren't long enough. Is that the problem? I swear to God. People want to take selfies with me. They're like, let's do a selfie. And they come up and they try to do a selfie. I'm like, what are you doing? What? What? And then I'll just take their camera and do it. You have to have a long... I have a long arm. I have a short arm, but... You stretch it out. Okay. You go up. This is when I became very glad that Busy and I could see each other. She demonstrated and I tried to follow her lead. And well, you have to know your angle. You have to know if you're to the right or to the left. Mm-hmm. What should I do with my face? I mean, that looks cute. Kind of like a little smile. You don't want to look scared. Yeah, I always look, <laughs> I always look scared. One hand. You only need one hand. So I failed at balancing my phone way up high in my small hand while also pressing the photo button. Needed those two hands. But I did come up with an idea for my next podcast. A comedy show starring Busy Phillips in which she teaches me how to do all kinds of things I'm too short for. Also, I like a portrait mode moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. You can see my strange, blurry selfies at our website, longestshortesttime.com, in the post for this episode. That's episode 217. We also have a link there to Busy's wonderful book, This Will Only Hurt a Little, which is full of hilarious and heartbreaking stories about family and reproductive health. So go check that out. And guys, turn the flashes off. Flashes are terrible. This episode was produced by me, Hilary Frank, with Jackie Sajiko and Elizabeth Nakano. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Andrea Christensdotter. Brendan Burns recorded Busy in L.A. Our music is performed by HotMoms.gov. We get editorial support from Antonia Acatunde, Amory Baldonado, Rekha Murthy, and Julia Wang. Next week, on The Longest Shortest Time, midwife Ina Mae Gaskin is back, and she's made some major revisions to her iconic book on natural childbirth. We need obstetricians. We need the, you know, we have to have them. We have to have cesareans. We have to have epidurals. So we shouldn't demonize them. 
The updates in this book have the potential to change how thousands of people feel about their births. And our show, and many of you, played an important role in making this monumental change happen. You really do not want to miss this episode. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time on Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. job. Just remember, remember up mm-hmm. and far away, up and stretched, and then get into the filters, girl. Get into those filters. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh-generation. Find seventh-generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com.